Well, this subject, this subject that I'm going to just touch on, uh, because it's vast, and uh, but it's one that um, I don't know if we've ever touched on it or talked about it here in Joyland. Uh, it's a subject that um, I think we've even stayed away from and haven't really approached it. Uh, but it's an important uh, subject. It's very important to God. It's very important in His kingdom. And it's something we need to learn and understand. It affects every part of our life. It clings to us. We try to get away from it, but it's there. We try to run from it, but that never helps. We try to understand it, and sometimes it's so confusing. Sometimes we get depressed over it. Some people even commit suicide over it. We're drawn to it, yet we want to get rid of it sometimes. But one thing I know for a fact in everyone that we have a tendency to love it. And sometimes that's the problem. We just love it so much that it controls our life. Controls our thinking, controls the way we live, controls the way we see things, controls the way we enter into relationships, controls how we approach other people, controls those that we want to get close to so we can get more of it. It's an area that's caused tremendous division. It's created strife in the church. It's caused churches to crumble, churches to split. It's caused relationships to fight and argue and die and separate. It's created families, separation. Yet it's so close to us. And it's so much a part of us that we can't get away from it. It controls our every day. Sometimes it controls our every thought. And God wants us to have a healthy thinking about it, a healthy uh, response to it. And if we do it God's way, we can have amazing benefits. Nations have gone to war over it. And we see it uh, in our government, how it controls and how it's manipulated. And I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. We love this stuff. 
We love this stuff. Can't get enough of it. Wish I had more. Isn't that right? We're always looking at our pocketbook, checking our checkbook, seeing what we have. And God warns us about it, the love of money. And I'm sure there's a lot of you here that understand that and have, and have, had, uh, and have placed uh, financial responsibility in your life, but there's still more that we need to learn in this kingdom of finance. We go to the grocery store and we, we check the aisles and we look at this item and we look at that item and check to see which one costs more. And then we have our favorite items and we look at this item that we love. We truly love this item. Six dollars? But I can buy this one for a buck and a half. Oh, but Bluebell is so much better. <laughs> Every day. Now, I don't do the grocery shopping, so I don't, I don't, I don't uh, have, I'm not involved with that. But I know Jen, she, she shops and she gets the bargains. She has the coupons. And she saves a lot of money through it. And that's good. But you can also be, have, a, have a tendency towards poverty mentality on that. So you want to safeguard where we're thinking and where we're going and, and um, how we do it right. God wants us to be proper stewards of everything that he gives us. But he also wants us to, uh, us to enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy what, he's, what this kingdom is all about. It's a fun kingdom. It's something that we can be joyful about. Something we can, we can play with and, and, and create a whole lot of different things in it and be um, experimenting with things and enjoy life with others. As long as we do it his way. Now, I, I when I first came into the church, I was, um, I had a, it was a tendency to look upon money as as an evil type thing because of what it can do. And what happens there is you become stingy and you become you hoard and so forth. Uh, and look at the church. I mean, how many times have we seen a church where it's where they're, they've they've uh, the the pastor is, has been convicted of of some kind of financial irresponsibility, which is which is what the world looks at it and says, "See, how can you give to something like that?" So those are things we have to fight, and and we being raised in the world, we're raised in the world system. I don't recall learning very much about finances in school. Certainly not budgeting. Ooh, there's a bad word. But God wants us to learn the proper way of handling this so that we can enjoy the things that He wants us to enjoy. There's tremendous benefit 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're bombarded with uh, our banking, our checkbooks, our ATM, our credit card. And if you're not using credit card, then you got cash that you got, and, and cash is always nice to have. But the credit card is really good. That's awesome. Because now I'm unlimited in what I can do. It pulls at us. And we often look and see where we're at financially. Luke 12, 29, 32 in the Passion. Don't let worry enter your life. Live above the anxieties care, of anxiety cares about your... Per- Live... Love, live above the anxieties, care about your personal needs. People everywhere seem to worry about making a living. But your Heavenly Father knows you you are in need of all these things and will take care of you as you passionately seek His kingdom. Above all else, He will supply your needs. So don't ever be afraid, dearest friends, Your loving Father enjoyously gives you His kingdom with all of its promises. Think of that. He gives us, freely gives us His kingdom. We get to share in this, a part of it. And all the promises that go with it. All the promises your loving Father joyously gives you His kingdom. And in the Bible, we read that we are kings and priests. But we have a tendency to see kings and priests as paupers sometimes. Is that how God views kings and priests? If that's not how God views kings and priests, and we aren't living as kings and priests, what are we doing wrong? Or what is it that we're missing? Or what are we blind about? Or is there something else we need to learn? You know, on this this road that we journey on with our relationship with the Father, we've been learning lately about being a childlike in the in the kingdom. We've been learning about God as being uh, what the uh, uh, um, spirit and and um, fire and love, love, and what's the other one? Life, light. What is it? Light. We've been learning about these things and who God is and what those mean. And we understand more and more that how much He loves us and how much He wants to take care of us and how much He sees value in us. And He wants to share all those things with us. All the riches of heaven are at our fingertips if we know how to grasp them. And some of us, we just say, well, I just can't see how God wants us to be wealthy. I mean, that's almost a dirty word. But think of what you could do with all that wealth. Think of setting the captives. 
setting the captives free. Think of feeding the poor. Think of teaching and being able to go someplace, go another place and show them how to fish. And how much, if you've ever been involved in something like that, how much joy does that bring to you? I know I've been involved in a lot of things, and when you give in that area, it, you, there's just no, no words for it. The love that you feel the Heavenly Father on you, and then the, the, the joy that's there that, of what you've been able to provide for, for this individual or, or people. God is wanting to rock our boat. He's wanting to shake our life. He's wanting us to get into a position that we can experience Him giving to us so that we can express His love to, to around the world. And along with that, you get a new car. Along with that, you get the house you want. He doesn't care. He wants you to have that. It's just in the just having the right priorities. <laughs> what is it, God? I mean, there's plenty of places where Jesus says, "Your Father wants to give you these things. He doesn't want to give you a stone." So, what is it that you want? He wants you to have it. And there's, a, and there's a way to it, too. If you do it His way. That's all He wants. And that's what we're learning. We're learning how to enter into His kingdom so that we can do it His way and receive the maximum benefit. Amen? I mean, we've got the we got the Lord's Prayer uh, that says, "Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven." Bringing heaven to earth, He wants us to not only experience heaven here on earth, but He wants us to show others what heaven is like here on earth. And one of those areas is in finance. You know how much, when you got money, you know how influential you are? And all of a sudden, you got lots of friends. Now, some of those you got to get rid of, but, but you can change things with, with money. You can change a nation with money. You can change because you're changing lives. You have influence to, to be amongst kings. You have influence to be amongst presidents that can influence something godly. You can have influence over companies to get them on the right path to get them caring about their employees. We, one of us here, could be one of those people. 
Amen. We just need to, to think higher, think bigger, think, think what God, what do you want to do here? You know, we can't, if, we're not, if we can't preach, if we can't teach, God's got some other area and finance is a big one. And he can bring you into that. Oh, but I don't have the job. I don't have uh, what it takes. That's why God is there. And that's why we build a relationship with Him. So that we can what? Talk to our Father, listen to what He says, and do it. And sometimes it sounds strange, and sometimes I don't understand, but when we enter into what God wants to do, then all of a sudden we say, oh, is that what you're trying to show me? And we learn, and we grow, and if we're just learning when we're older, like myself, then it's, we've got we've to start this training up uh, exponentially so we can get there faster. Not like when a young person can be there. I got seven pages here, and I'm still in the first. Um, okay, now this one, this is here, Matthew six twenty four. No one can serve two masters. You've heard this verse before. For either he will hate the one who lo- and love the other, or he will devote. To the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. But I thought we were supposed to be wealthy. Well, we're not supposed to serve it is the problem. And that's the problem. We end up serving wealth. We end up striving over wealth. Well, actually, a lot of times we just strive over a little bit that we have. We need to learn about the kingdom and how to operate in the world of finance. You know, and I'm sure you've heard things like this before. But sometimes it just takes, takes us to, hey, where am I in my finances? What am I doing wrong? What is it that I, what could I be doing differently? And all, the, all this message is is to wake you up to and refresh your minds and to look again. God, show me again about my finances. Show me again how I can create wealth. Because that's your desire for me. Because I can bless others. That's why He gives it to you. Isaiah 55, 8, you know this one. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways yours. My ways, declares the Lord, are much higher. So we need to learn the other way. Because we've learned the world system. Because we were trained in the world system. We need to find out what God's system, the kingdom system, is all about. And there's so many books on this and so many places we can go to find out how and, and, and get our finances in order and, and, and get to where God wants us. I've got to learn a whole new way of doing things that it goes against my thinking. 
failure sometimes, making mistakes sometimes, that's all part of it. But what is the world system? The one that we learned. The one we're familiar with. We know it pretty well. Wealth is anchored in scarcity. Wealth is anchored in scarcity. There is never enough within the wealth system. Therefore, I must selfishly hoard because once I run out, I, will ha- I won't have anything. I will suffer lack. Perhaps the single biggest difference between the two systems is the baggage that comes with the world system. Wealth gained by the system, world system comes with all kinds of baggage like selfishness, despair, disappointment, damaged relationships, regret, insignificance, despair, and the list goes on. Does any of that register with you? Do you ever see yourself in one of those categories? Just just one of them. Let me read them again. Wealth gained by the world system comes with all kinds of baggage, like selfishness. How many times has God asked you to give something and you go, ah, that ain't God. That ain't God. It's not that's been with me. You've never been there? Uh, how about despair? Have you ever been in despair with your finances? I mean, it just grips you. The fear? Sometimes it just paralyzes you. You just want to crawl under the covers and hope for a better day. Let this go away, God. Disappointment. Oh, man, that's a big one. We've all been, been disappointed. Someone cheats you? Ho, ho! Woo! Cheats you? Steals from you? Oh, man, that hurts. That goes right to the pocketbook. Damaged relationships. How many of you had any experience with that one? I know of families that have been wrapped up in that. Destroyed them. I mean, they don't even talk to anybody anymore. Regret, insignificance, despair. And when you get down, really down there, then there's suicide. All over because of the world's system, the way we think, the way we work in it. Okay, so it was interesting that you were talking about, use the word suicide. I was helping a friend edit a, is good? Yep. I was helping a friend edit a promotion for a book that he's writing, and I did a little research, and the, an article came out in Money and Mental Health that in 2016, 420,000 people in England contemplated suicide because of their finances. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, in our in our country, back in the Great Depression, just before uh, that time, the stock market was 
was going and everybody thought that the stock market was going to just lift everybody out of poverty and the and everybody sunk their entire savings into it and uh, you know the story uh, it crashed and a lot of people committed suicide they couldn't I, they couldn't see beyond that how sad how sad is that <laughs> one of the things i never understood is how does a government employee make millions of dollars on a government salary yeah, it's always baffled me. I just, how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got everyone pulling on you for money. You've got uh, sales pitches. You've got, um, uh, you don't, don't buy one, buy three, because if you buy three, then you'll save this much. But I only need one, but I'll buy the three because I'm saving all this money. What, a couple of bucks? And I've fallen into that too. I figure, hey, I mean, this is $8 for $10. I can get two of them. And it's still on the shelf. And I don't know when I'll get to it. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Yeah, we're just, uh, it's always pulling us. Now, kingdom. Kingdom of God. In contrast, the kingdom of God is floating in abundance. Floating in abundance. Let me say that again. Floating in abundance. Within the ways of, of the kingdom of God, you can be generous and give freely because God is your what? Source, provider. And He will return what you give away and more when He can trust you with more. Wealth gained by the blessing of God in His kingdom has none of the baggage whatsoever. There is no sorrow that comes with godly wealth. The kingdom of God uses money to set the captives free, bless people, and expand His kingdom. Hallelujah. And of course, we have Proverbs 10.22. It is a blessing of the Lord that makes rich. He and he adds no sorrow to it. So when we get it from him, and it comes in many ways, it doesn't float from heaven. He uses others to bring it. He uses other avenues. He, he, you know the story. It's giving you an idea that you make millions off of, or whatever it may be. That's where we, the relationship comes into. The world system is transactional. But the kingdom system is relational. Amen? Yes, brother. Come on down. You just said something that's transactional, though. You said that God's going to give us enough when he can trust us with it. Isn't that transactional? It's, he's, he's, you know, when a child, we all have had, um, or just growing up. Uh We're growing up in a family. Now, I'm not going to trust my son with the car keys until he proves himself. Okay. Same system, same property, same principle. He wants to see how we do our wealth. If we're, if we're buying 
we're going to get to it. But if we're buying on credit, uh-huh. that's not God's system. So why would he, because when you buy on credit, you're paying more than what that object is. And God said, no, that what, you're, what you could have saved, I, we could have given away. So when we learn God's principles and how we do things, how we run our finances, he can trust us. It's all in trusting us with more. He wants to be able to trust us as we, so when we can trust us with, with the little things, which the Bible talks about, and I will get to that, okay. we, will, we will share a, uh, a, a, a verse with there here. Uh, let's see. Um, the system is relational. The kingdom system is relational. So God wants us to learn his system so we can walk in abundance. The purpose of this, uh, the purpose is to partner with him to further his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So it's all in, it's all in part of the, it's, it's just being a part of his son, his, his beloved child is partnering with him. Like if you had a dad and he was involved in some, some uh, uh, a company or, or his own company and you, you partnered with him to be a part of his, what he's doing. That's what God wants. He wants us to be a part of what he's doing in this world. And I can't think of a better place. Can you? Truly, truly, uh, Matthew 18, 3, 4, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless you are converted to, and you know this one, converted and become a child, that's where the childness comes in. We've been talking about being a childlike. You cannot enter the kingdom of God, and also uh, you can't not only enter the kingdom of God, but the child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. So there, there again, there goes that childlikeness that we need to, to, to uh, embrace again. Because if we approach it as an adult and we have those adult thinking, then it gets pulled. We get, we get pulled in all other places and we end up not being able to trust anything, Right? It's when we come back up and say, oh, Father, help me, God. I just want to be this child because I know you can take care of everything for me. It's just a matter of trusting. Hey, I'm 70 years old, so I've been through life, so I can speak a little bit about this. God has seen me through so many things. I mean, there's... Sent plenty of times. I had nothing. Absolutely nothing. I had a bunk bed. That's all I had. And a chair. And I remember living with this friend of mine, and he, um, he had all the furniture. It was great, because all I had to do was bring in my bed. <laughs> a bunk bed. <laughs> now, I had two kids at time, so, so it helped. And... Uh, so, but he was getting married. Yeah, but we lived together for quite a while. But then he was getting married, and you know we celebrated his marriage. But, uh, but the problem was, he moved everything out. And I entered into the apartment, and everything was gone, except for one chair. And I walked in. I sat down in that chair and I said, God, I'm, I'm nowhere. 
And he spoke to me. He said, I will restore. I tell you. And that's happened several times. Why? Because of my mistakes, because of my foolishness, because of my uh, not doing things his way. Been through two divorces and those, those things weren't. You know, I, I look back at those and I go, how could I have worked these out? But, you know, whatever. It didn't work out. But there was, a, it was something I was a part of that, so I can't just blame everything on the other partner. I have to take some of the responsibility. But I had nothing. He could have said, well, hey, I could have told you. You could have said, hey, that you chose your bed, you lie in it. I, that, that's what's so amazing about God because He goes so the extra mile. He goes so far with you just because He loves us. Man, all the mistakes I've made and all the things I've done, and He just is always there. So who is our daddy and what does he own? I mean, we've got to trust him, right? Okay, he's given us the kingdom. But hey, what really do you own, God? Well, we do have a, a, a passage in Psalms 50, 10 through 12, and it says, For every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills is mine. I know every bird of the mountains, and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, would I tell you? For the world is mine, and all it contains. Now, do we just think that is a lovely verse, or do we want to believe it? It's our choice. It's his kingdom. These are things he wants to teach us. He wants to show us. He wants to show us that not only does he have a kingdom, not only a heavenly kingdom, but it's he wants to manifest it here on earth, but he owns everything here on earth as well. He owns all the wealth. Some people don't deserve it. And he's willing to take it from them and give it to you if you'll do it properly. Now, how's that deal for you? It works for me. In order to start this journey, we need to recognize where we are in the world system. And one good way to find out where we are in the world system is to look at our pocketbook and see, or our checkbook, and see where all our money is going. Again, Luke 12, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give away, give the charity. Make yourself money belts which do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near nor mouth, moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me say it again. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what is Jesus saying? He says your wallet, your wallet follows your heart. So your wallet is going this way. Wherever your wallet goes is where you're going. That's what he's saying. Your wallet leads, your heart follows. So where do you have your money? And that's where we need to look. As a child, we crawl, you know that, and then we start walking, and then we start uh, running, and then we just go for it. So we, if you don't learn anything, or if you've never done anything, well, then you need to crawl in this area. You need to start learning. You need to start understanding and take control and how you get there. How do you spend your money? Besides your mortgage, are you in debt? I consider mortgage, me, some people say being out of debt is also being, having your mortgage paid off and everything else. I feel a little differently about that. I feel if you have debt, uh, if you've got a mortgage, you're, you're investing in property. You're investing in something that's going to increase in value. And those are, th- those are principles where you want to increase your, your wealth, your, your value in, in whatever, you're, whatever you have. So besides your mortgage, are you in debt? Do you charge on a credit card but do not pay it off at the end of the month? Do you have items that are on a payment plan? Do you live paycheck to paycheck? You have no money left at the end of the month. You have no monthly budget. You have no savings plan. Now, if you've answered yes to any of those, then you need to reevaluate where you're at. Now, I'm not here to condemn you for any of that, but you've got to start someplace. God doesn't want you in debt. Why doesn't he want you in debt? Because it's, it stifles you. It, it keeps you from doing what he wants. He may call you to another country. He may ask you to go on a mission trip. I can't, God, because I'm stuck here because I've got too much debt. You can't, you don't have the, the flexibility that God wants you to have if you're in debt. Paying a credit card off at the end of the month. Now, we will live in a credit card world. If you can't control your credit card, then you need to cut that credit card up and pay cash until you can learn how to use a credit card. That's part of the, the journey. That's part of learning. And that's part of being lear- learning how to do it his way. That's part of stewarding what he gives you so that you can work it, so you can use what he's given you properly. Buying things on credit that depreciate. Those are things God wants you to pay cash for. So you're not having to spend an extra $1,000 for something that didn't didn't cost there. I remember working with a gal, and 
she was um, uh, wanting this new car. And she was praying, oh God, let this loan go through. If this loan goes through, then I know it's your will. <laughs> I mean, what a lie. Can you imagine? A new car. Look, if you, if you can't buy a new car, buy a used car. Get one that works. Get ones that you can use so that you can save the money that you're saving from that up, from making the payments so that you can buy that new car if that's what you wish. God doesn't care if you have a new car. He doesn't care. He's glad to provide it if you'll do it His way. And it's the same thing with anything else. And I know it takes time to do these things. It takes time to get our get these finances in order, get them to where they need to be. And there's plenty of books on that. If you're not budget, if you're in debt and you're not budgeting, you're losing money big time. It's it's throw you're throwing it away because you don't know what you have. You don't know where it's going. You go out to dinner thinking, well, I, I, I've got it. I'm, I'm putting it on the credit card. So I'll pay it next month. But next month never comes. Going to Karis Bible College, I remember uh, students. They, uh, I'd worked in the student union area, and uh, we collected the, the finance, uh, the monthly finance. Some came, some came to school on a financial thing, so where they pay monthly. And they get behind. But yet, I'm looking at them and they got Starbucks in their hands. Oh, okay. Not only, I mean, I see them all the time. Starbucks. What's Starbucks anymore? What, five, six bucks? They got the latest phone. I'm amazed at some of these people that, that have the biggest TV, the, big, the, the, the newest phone. A new iPhone is what, $1,000 a shot? And they buy it on credit. Or they buy it, you know, however. We just need to. And if we're in that situation, don't beat yourself up. Number one, just recognize where you're at and start working to get out of it. And I tell you, there's all kinds of uh, money places out there that'll help you do it. And another big one. Have you got three months of emergency, emergency cash on hand? That's a tough one. You know, you finally get everything paid off and now you got to save for this emergency fund because, because of emergencies. You need it there. So if you don't have it, you need to work towards that to get it there. And that you, you leave alone until that, I, until that thing comes up. And then also you're also, you, you have an idea, you, you want to buy that, that new, uh, 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 um, washing machine or whatever it may be, you see how much it costs and see if you can pay for it. And if you can't, then you just save for it a little bit more. And, and then while you're doing that, every once in a while, celebrate yourself for what you've done. You don't want to just be 
grinding through this and not celebrate every once in a while. That isn't God either. Here it is, uh, Dave. Luke 16, 10 through 13. This is from the Passion. The one who faithfully manages the little, he has been given will be he which he has been given will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities but those who cheat with the little they have been given what will not be considered trustworthy to receive more if you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity why should you be trusted with eternal treasures and the spiritual world And if you have not proven yourself faithful with what belongs to another, why should you be given wealth of your own? It is impossible for a person to serve two masters at the same time. You will be forced to love one and reject the other. One master will be despised and the other will have your loyal devotion. Your choice between God and wealth of this world is no difference. You must enthusiastically love one and definitively reject the other. Now that's Jesus talking. And Jesus has a lot to say about money. And don't think that Jesus is poor. And I'm not going to go there, but that's, I think that's a big fallacy that uh, people have put on the church. There's a lot of material available to help to get, get out of finances in order, and to remember when you decide to change, just as, remember when you decide to change, God is there. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Deuteronomy 8.18, But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to make wealth, that He may confirm His covenant which he swore to your fathers as, uh, as it is this day. He gives you the power to make wealth. He gives you the power to make wealth. We just need to know where that is. Father, what is, what, show me, Lord. Show me how I can increase my, my finances. Show me how I can... And you, Look, you've been with God very long. You know that He talks to you and you know that He can, he can show you things and, and all kinds of stuff. Some people have an act of seeing some, some junk that they can get twice the money for. They just take it home, clean it up. I know a guy that takes out, uh, gets uh, old furniture, cleans them up and sells them for a profit. It's whatever, you know, God has all, there's all kinds of ways to, to get wealth. He just wants to, wants us to be aware of it. And how does God further the kingdom? How does God do this? Who does He use? You and I. That's how He furthers the kingdom. And what do we do? Uh, and what do ways? What, and what do ways people further his kingdom? 
missionaries further the kingdom. Teaching further furthers the kingdom. We have media that furthers the kingdom. TV, radio, writings, blogs, evangelizing, and just sharing with others furthers the kingdoms. So the big question is, where does God want us to use our money? And the church has been slapped around with, with the money thing. You know the stories. But we need to go beyond that. God uses people. God uses you and I to further his kingdom. And when he can build wealth in his people, he can even do more. Makes sense, doesn't it? So where do we, where do we use our money? And how much am I to give? Some teach the tenth, a tenth of your income, the tenth of the first fruits. First fruits being that what you get uh, with your paycheck or however you get paid. You're putting 10, 10% of that. And uh, a lot of it, people, a lot of scripture refers to in the Old Testament talks about giving it to the priesthood and so forth. So it's, which would be the church in the, in the New Testament. That's one teaching. A tenth of your income. I see it a little differently. I see that um, because God owns everything, he owns everything I have. So it's, it's me asking God, Lord, how much do you want me to give? And I think that's a great place to start. If you never have given, that's a great place to start. Lord, how much do you want me to give? And he'll show you, and he'll tell you how much. And sometimes it's more than your, your eyeballs pop out. And you go, God, you know how much I have, and you're asking me to give this much? Why is he asking you to do that? Do you have any idea why he would ask you to give more than what you think you have? To trust him. It's, it's learning how to trust this heavenly father. It's learning to be like that child, trusting in the father that when I come home, I can open up the refrigerator and see what's there to eat and pull it out. I can come home and know that there's going, to be, there's going to be clothing for me to wear tomorrow and everything else is going to be provided for me. Hopefully we've all had that experience in our childhood. I teach that, that everything is God's and so that, that uh, I need to steward what God has. So I ask him, how much he wants me to give. So it's not a it's not a 10% thing. But a 10% thing is a good thing place to start. Or just just starting with something and saying, God, I'm this is this is how much I'm willing to trust you with. <laughs> you know, he's willing to work with you until you get to that place where you can give more. When you can see that. We're running out of time. <laughs> and I'm only on my third page. So, look. 
Um, so here, here, here's so, so one of the a lot of scriptures talk about giving into the local church, and it's, and uh, Paul talks about it a lot, giving to the local church. This would be considered the local church. I'm not begging for anybody to give, but this is this is if you get fed here, as talks the, the principle is if you get fed, that's where you want to give. And so maybe your first responsibility should be where you're being fed. Then there's other places, missionaries, then there's other other nonprofit organizations that God may lead you to to give. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, I don't have much to give. Five dollars sometimes is 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 good for, for someone. If they know that they're going to get a $5 donation on a monthly basis, that helps them to budget what they want to do, what God can do in their ministry. So don't think of, of how little you give. Think of what God wants you to give and do that and be faithful with that. Now, if you give to Joyland, you're helping to spread the message, the message that we teach here. You're also paying for salaries that we that we have, uh, for and also for, for a place to worship. Uh, you're also uh, helping to finance the the equipment that we use. We are, are uh, obviously you know that we're we're totally involved with with Zoom and so forth, uh, and so we. We, we want to get our message out, and that goes out. And so that's helping to finance that area. Uh, you're also helping to um, reach beyond these four walls with our, with our missionaries. That Part of the support goes to our, our missionaries. And also uh, special projects that we, we, um, uh, we invest in, like uh, Save the Stork, that has a bus that goes around in the community to give free sonograms to uh, ladies that are pregnant and um, to to avoid abortions, what a great what a great uh, ministry that is! And so those are things that we are involved in. And so if if you give to us, you can be sure that your money is going to be um, taken care of properly. Uh, we have um, our our uh, elders, and we have our our um, our finance uh, group that comes together on a monthly basis and we discuss these very things and make sure that we're, we're using the money that we receive in a proper way. Hallelujah. Uh, we, uh, we just want to be able to be, not only have you be a blessing to us, but we want to be a blessing to others. Um, and then I will end with this one statement, and look, guys, if you if you um, search um, financial principles or that type of thing, you'll have a list of like twenty five, seventy scriptures of of truths that can help you stand on and know that 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 this is what God wants you to do, and that God will be blessing you and blessing you abundantly. Hallelujah. And this is the first step. There's more to giving. I mean, once, you, once you've got your, your, your uh, immediate stuff in control and you're out of debt, that's just the first step. Then there's other ways of, of having several streams of income coming into your, into your um, 
uh, and to you so that you can build on other things and you can see where God wants you to be in other areas and be in a better financial place where you can give huge amounts of money to, uh, to organizations or, or to special needs and or possibly putting in a, a, uh, a well for a community that doesn't have clean water. The sky's the limit. But let me leave you with this. If you find yourself stressing over money, if you find yourself stressing over money, respond in the opposite spirit. It is the perfect time to give it away. If you find yourself stressing over money, respond in the opposite spirit. It is the perfect time to give it away. Try it. Hallelujah. Father, we just give you praise, Lord. I pray, Father, that um, this message, that uh, we would come to wherever we are in our finances, that we would come to a greater understanding of what you want for us, what you want to do through us, how much you more you want to bless us in our finances. And if we're just starting out, Lord, help us to, to crawl in this area. But if we have those taken care of, God, help us into the next step, into being great stewards of what you have provided for us so that we can bless others set the captives free, and see the world changed around us. Because that's your desire, that's your heart, and we want to be a part of that heart, Lord. Let our pocketbooks lead us into your kingdom the proper way. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' precious name. Jesus' precious name. And Father, to you, for all that you've given us. Amen.